Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Skylar. I mean the thinker. I mean Bell. Oh my gosh, Bell. We've got so much to talk about this episode, but how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. <laughs> you got, got your old Mike, <laughs> the TV voice coming back in. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, this is CNN, and I am your host. Actually, it's more like, you know, radio DJ, not CNN, but whatever. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are uh, talking some Flash with you this wonderful evening, man. It's going to be a blast. This is a great episode to dive into, not to bury the lead, but it's going to be a fun one. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about a couple of things. Of course, we are happy to be a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Be sure to find some great DC TV podcasts out there. Basically, if it says TV Talk, it's probably associated with this show. So give them a shout out. Show them some love. Let them know you heard about them on Flash TV Talk. We appreciate that. Also, uh, help us make Flash TV Talk. If you have not ever considered doing so, go be a patron. Patreon.com slash TV Talk is the place to do it. You get some nice little goodies, including at the end of the season, which is coming up quickly, Bell. Bell, it's coming up quickly. <laughs> the folks are supposed to get a, uh, not supposed to, will get Bill, a, Bill. a custom uh, custom art print of uh, from, from our very own Matthew Bell. So, uh, so y'all, y'all check that out. Again, that's Patreon.com slash TV Talk. Uh, hashtag bell get on it hashtag make it happen hashtag let's get this thing started man are you ready for this i i I think i am (laughs) i think so so let's think fast as we jump into the rundown the rundown episode 22 the penultimate of season four think fast directed by Viet win and story by sam chelson and Kristen kim bell what happened this episode well, DeVoe infiltrates the Argus Black Ops base holding Fallout by impersonating John Diggle and kills most of the security except for a few hostages. Barry runs to Star City and brings Diggle back to Star Lab so he can reveal the location of the base. Caitlin and Cisco ask Barry to train them to use flash time so that they can save the hostages and Barry can follow DeVoe through the breach before it closes. Harry and Iris track Marlise to London and use the last extrapolator to get there. Caitlin and Cisco are able to rescue the hostages while Barry follows DeVoe through the breach and destroys one of the satellites with Amunet's bomb. However, DeVoe takes control of a Star Lab satellite and uses it to replace the destroyed satellite. Meanwhile, inside the Time Vault, DeVoe initiates the Enlightenment. Dun, dun, dun. All right, man. Right out the gate. Best cold opening of the entire series. I think so. I, I really, I really enjoyed this one. You know, I think we talked about it in the past, how I, I wanted to see uh, DeVoe use each of his powers in the same thing. Like I thought he was going to use it a couple episodes ago, mm. uh, you know, as he was infiltrating, uh, you know, the place uh, <laughs> that he was infiltrating a couple episodes ago, I thought we were going to see him like cycle through each of his powers. And finally, in the penultimate episode, we finally get to see him cycle through all of his powers in, like you said, one of the best cold opens in in the history of the show. Yes. I mean, like, you know, I, I've, I've I, like watching, like, first of all, 
I mean, just beautifully choreographed. Like, honestly, I stopped everything about midway through watching this episode because I had to watch it a little bit delayed this week. And I actually, I put it on pause so that I could go up and like, look up this director and see what else he's done. Because I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is fantastic. Like this is, this is basically the meta version of that daredevil hallway scene. Yeah. From, this this, uh, this is the, the DC. Yeah. This is, this is the, the DC version of the, of the Netflix Marvel hallway scene. And it's, it's epic. I mean, I would even say, you know, the, you know, don't get me wrong. That, that original daredevil stunt scene was incredible for a lot of reasons. The, the one continuous shot, uh, certainly is is you know is to be commended and probably will not be topped anytime soon. However, uh, in in a meta version of that, there is no comparison. This this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the thinker, and this is why this dude is uh, is is a force to be reckoned with. Now, I know a lot of people want him to be more about the you know the thinking and the planning and less about the powers. But at the same time, dude, having him as a physical threat and as kind of this terrifying God complex. I mean, they're playing the, the hallelujah chorus from the Messiah, uh, which, by the way, you know, it was my, my, my grandfather's favorite song. So like like listening whenever whenever the hallelujah chorus uh, plays or, or really any piece from the Messiah, it always reminds me of my, my grandfather. But like to have it done in such a way where he is like conducting as he is, you know, stepping into his, quote, godhood or, or preparing his, his godhood. And, and just taking all of these people out left and right as if it's nothing. Dude, this is a boss. The thinker is a freaking boss to be reckoned with this season. And here we are in the penultimate episode. We can finally see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know I know. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, there's all this build up and all this build up. And then finally we get to see how formidable Thinker actually is. And, you know, you're right. And I, and I kind of agree. Like there, there was the whole bit where uh, I'd like to see him think more. But I mean, you, you have to hand it to him. This was all the... Uh, the the culmination of his plan. This was everything that he thought of up until this point. Like it, it's it's not to say that uh, you know we didn't get to see him think his way out of situations and stuff like that. This is all things that he had thought of beforehand. It's like I need this to do this. I need this power to do that. I need this power to do this, and all of these different things. And this this is this is the culmination of his plan of of everything that he has thought out thus far. So yes, it's. It's not exactly, you know, oh, I wish he would think more, but it, it, he's already thought well, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like this is, this is, this is, this is the, the end result of his plan. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the machinations coming together and, and it's, and it's truest and, and fullest way. And actually, if you think about the philosophy that they've given this character with the, you know, the, the mind over matter and, and very specifically like, you know, mind over machine, you know, he's utilizing, he's, he's, he's turning technology on people through these meta abilities that are all organic in nature. So like if there is kind of almost like this, you know, biological, organic, mental, uh, I guess, theme that the thinker feels that he represents, it makes sense that these powers kind of play into that because he's not augmenting himself like with machinery as we saw him when we first were introduced to the character. He's now, you know, this this super abled body as opposed to a disabled body. Um, utilizing all of this kind of biological warfare on the, you know, teched out people around him, uh, you know, be it the, uh, the the folks here at Argus. And, and actually, if you think about the even the first scene where he walks up as Diggle, uh, you know, all of the different technological ways that they're trying to keep him out of this institution to keep him away from this biological bomb, he is able to work his magic and work all the way through. And can we just give a shout out by the way, dude, freaking Diggle channeling thinker uh, amazingly. Oh, super good. Yeah, that was that was like 
you know, I mean, obviously we knew, but like, and, and even they could tell that Diggle was different, you know, <laughs> all right. the Arcus ages. But yeah, he did such a great job uh, just 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 playing exactly uh, doing a, a great impersonation of the thinker. Yeah. David Ramsey, honestly, underutilized, if, 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 if we're being honest, because, I mean, he showed up for that and like one other scene and then it kind of like, wait, where did Diggle go? But uh, but no, I mean, like fantastic. I mean, like really brought it because he like was channeling the thinker in such a beautiful way. So shouts out to John, uh, John Diggle, AKA David Ramsey on that one. Um, but yeah, no, you do, you do get the in- indication whenever there's so much steps to verify that somebody is somebody, that's when you know, they're not that person. Right. <laughs> like they, they go through there's so much trouble to, to set that up to. And of course we know it just ain't happening. Uh, all right. So we, 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 uh, we got from that man. We got to thinker. He is pretty confident that everything's coming together. Uh, we also see that they are preparing uh, over at Team Flash and at Star Labs to combat him. So I whoosh, you whoosh, just like that. The Super Friends are referenced as Cisco is laying out the plan on how they're going to take down the uh, the satellites. Yeah, that was pretty neat. A little uh, little throw down there. I I wonder if that is a. Uh... That's just like a fan nod. It's not like he's saying that Super Friends exists somewhere, right? No, no. I don't. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think in the. Yeah, I, I don't think even in the crossovers they've never referred to themselves as either the Justice League and I don't even think the Justice Society have they. I don't think so. So I mean, like they, whenever there's been a team up, it's it's not been labeled, and perhaps they're waiting for you know uh, you know maybe they are waiting for like a Batman Superman type setup. Maybe they don't feel comfortable having a Justice League without. You know, one of the big Trinity. two, or, or yeah, one of the big three, but uh, but we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, but yeah, no, so I think I think you're right. I think it's just a nod, but but it was a very welcomed, uh, very welcome nod. Well, it's kind of um, it's kind of like you know Dibney's thing a couple episodes ago, where he's like, we can be an improv group in uh, in Washington, we could be DC Comics, you know, <laughs> right? I, I think right. it's something similar to that, maybe I don't know. No, I like it. I like it. Barry and Iris kind of continue on their philosophical differences on how to to utilize the the people of of Central City. Uh, it was you know it was kind of a, a nice little thread that was set up last episode, and it's nice that they kind of touched on it. I, I, you kind of see not necessarily a rift between the two, but definitely some different perspectives on how, as a heroic team, they can best serve the people of Central City. Uh, Iris, of course, feeling like you know by getting people involved and by inspiring them. It's it's for their betterment, but Barry also recognizing like I don't know if we if we inspire them too much, we're putting them in harm's way. Bell, where do you fall on that? I know we kind of talked about it a little bit last episode, but you know this this does take it a little bit further. I mean, to some extent, they you know I think about the beginning of Dark Knight with the you know what makes you know how are you any different from me or what makes me any different from you? And Batman says I ain't wearing hockey pads. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one, right? Because. Uh, I mean, first off, vigilantism is illegal. Uh, so, you know, inspiring people to report and say, hey, I saw this guy. And, uh, you know, uh, th- those kind of things are great. But like inspiring people to take the law into their own hands. Mm. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, unless you're like seeing it's 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 one thing to be a vigilante in uh, when you're, you know, you're looking for a particular bad guy or, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting against the system uh, of, you know, institutionalized injustice or something like that. Right. Like, you know, uh, French resistance fighters and things like that. You know, they were breaking the law of the land, uh, fighting the Nazis and whatnot, but they were doing it 
for a just cause. But like in, in this situation, like, you know, do you hear the people sing, singing the songs <laughs> of angry men? <laughs> right. You know, it's it, in this situation it's like, okay, somebody sees the thinker or they see Marlies uh, and then they go run up and like bust a cap and they're like, that's, you know, that's, that's not how this works. So yeah. Uh, but at the same time, man, Iris, you know, we, we, we kind of are, are re- reminded of course that yes, she was stabbed by Marlies. Uh, like there is this rivalry that exists between the two and but, I mean, you know I, I if somebody saw the thinker and they walk up to him and like you know pull off a sawed off shoddy and like you know bust the cap in him then then thinker just bounces that back and kills like a couple people with the uh with the with the rebound of the shot that's you, know, that's, you know that's bad news bears uh, and plus we it's evident that marlies is going to play some role at the end uh in the end game here against the thinker so you know if some dude were just going like bust the cap in her then that messes up their whole end game yeah, man. So so that's the thing, right? So Harry has been going on his whole finding himself in terms of getting more in touch with his emotions since his uh, mental prowess is no longer there. He's trying to be a little bit more empathetic, sympathetic, and also had some of the best like laugh out loud moments throughout this episode. I mean, there's there's don't get me wrong. There's some several laugh out loud moments throughout this episode. This this all right. I, let me just let me just go ahead and say it. This episode was amazing. Like this had this had like like good like great legitimate laughs. This had some legitimate epic moments. This had you know the twists that had relationship. It's like somehow almost all of our characters got like equal amounts of time to. Pre- Progress their various stories that are going on in really interesting, not forced ways, and like, and and it was fantastic. This is this episode. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> again, and I mean, we're not done talking about it, but I'm just, I'm just geeking out here. Like, this is really one of the best episodes of the season, and and just continues what has been the case where this season four, when the episodes are on, they're out of the park, and this is one of those episodes that, for me anyway, man, was like out of the park. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why I just I, I I really like the ten episode format that we see a lot on a lot of the Marvel Netflix shows. Is yeah, that you don't yeah, yeah. have to throw in a bunch of filler episodes and and cut the pace and and just you know you can just you can you can be you know just pedal to the metal full throttle the whole season and and like well, and, I, and I and I certainly don't want to do a, a comparison between Marvel and DC and no, no, no. You know, you're not you're not wrong in terms of that format but we have seen like flash you know even even within this this series i mean like you know there's there's been uh, some seasons that for the most part have been really solid. And this one is just like, it's, like I said, it's, it's going to be to some extent, this is going to be like the last Jedi of flash of flash seasons. You know what I mean? Like when it's on, it's incredible. And when it's not, it's, uh, it's like, it's just going to be probably to some extent a very, uh, I don't know if polarizing is the right word, but um, you know, it, it there's going to be a lot of mixed emotions. I think when we look back over the season, but I don't think I will ever look back on this episode, in anything other than just amazement. Because like I said, hilarious, Harry trying to come to terms with like his current mental state, bumping into the chairs, the whole apartment four versus apartment five bit was hilarious. <laughs> like I loved it, man, but that's the thing. So Harry's going through, he's trying to get connected uh, with, with kind of what's going on. He thinks that Marlies is the key. Uh, and he's trying to kind of figure out, okay, how can we, you know, you know, utilize this relationship they have to our advantage but iris is not having it i you know honestly i didn't realize she was still carrying around that scar yeah you know i was kind of figuring star labs might have some kind of way to like uh fix scars or something i don't know but uh yeah 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 definitely was like no harry she stabbed me okay (laughs) we ain't dealing with her Well, and I mean, to some extent, maybe Star Labs does, but Iris doesn't necessarily want it to heal. I mean, we've seen that th- those two have had a lot of uh, tension between themselves. You know, they they are 
you know, th- there is the kind of the we are the Flash and we are the Thinker was kind of a, a, a theme, kind of a, an anti-theme theme going back and forth uh, with each couple, with each super couple throughout the season. And so, you know, to have uh, these two uh, powerhouses uh, come come clashing against each other and, and to this kind of full resolution was really fantastic. You know, what would you do for your husband? And kind of throwing that back to in her face, what would you do for the world? And so interestingly enough that Iris actually did have a bit of a change of heart by the end of the episode to recruit Marlies. What were you thinking about that? It seemed to kind of be pretty abrupt because up until that moment where they go to her apartment, she was pretty gung ho about uh uh-uh, this. She's going in the pipeline and that's it. That's that's game over. And it wasn't until Marlies saw the uh, the effect that the Enlightenment would have on everyone uh, through Harry uh, because because uh, I, I guess it was sort of like a pseudo enlightenment or like a, a beta version of the enlightenment was is what happened to Harry with the dark matter helmet and everything. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah. So, so Marlies saw that and was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. I hadn't seen it before. This is some stuff. And her sort of instant flip kind of resulted in a similar kind of flip for Iris because uh, previously mm. it seemed like she was gung ho about, you know, I'm just going to blast this bee and throw her in the pipeline. <laughs> you know? And then like right there at the end, she was kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Harry's got a point. And, and, and she seemed to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, flips, uh, flip sides, if you will. Interesting. Yeah. Now I do remember like the way that she was looking at Harry and talking to him, like touching his face, almost studying him to some extent. But, but, uh, you know, after seeing it, and talking about who he was, like, like, oh, this is what's going to happen to you. It's going to be what's going to happen to all of us, including me. Like, after that realization, she still says, you know, the fact that DeVoe is evil doesn't mean that he's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, like that, you could see that the, the workings is starting to go in her. But, like, her mindset is not the same as, say, Amunet's from last episode, right? Amunet, her whole, her whole motivation was self-preservation. Like, she saw that, okay, if... If the world goes, so therefore will I. Um, and then so therefore, you know, I don't want to save the world, but I do want to save myself. And so this is kind of lines up for, for the moment. Yeah. With Marlise, like she is in somewhat of a kind of self-sacrificial mindset and, and has been since the very beginning. And even looking back to who she was, you know, like she she is kind of or has been in this mindset of like, yeah, this is going to happen and it's going to happen to me and it's worth it because we're going to, you know, quote unquote, save the world. I would actually argue that it wasn't seeing Harry, but Iris using her own words against her when she actually quoted her from, you know, an earlier point in her life, kind of reminding her who she was before she, you know, quote unquote, became the thinker uh, when, when she got kind of sucked into their toxic relationship that would go on to literally poison the world on a mental scale anyway yeah uh i i i could see that it's it's uh it's interesting though because you know she her molly's whole thing was like we're going to use technology to save the world and now it's it's we're going to use technology to save the world in a way that's kind of bad 
you know, and uh, I think that's her switch from optimism to pessimism is, is, is where that mm. kind of turns out. Right. Because like before she was an optimistic person before she met DeVoe. And then when she meets DeVoe, she turns into the pessimist and the pessimist is like, hey, we're going to use technology to save the world. We are. But everyone's going to be, you know, a brain dead zombie that DeVoe will then reeducate. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, she's like, yeah, cool. We're we're we're, we're doing that. We're doing my thing. We're, we're saving the world with technology. But. In a kind of, you know, weird, effed up way. <laughs> right, right. All right. So, so yeah, it does look like, of course, she will be um, on Team Flash or at least assisting Team Flash for the for the coming battle next uh, episode and at the end of the season. Um, man, okay. But, look, can, can we just can we just show some love and appreciation for Cecile this episode? Like, you know, I know, like, I think even last episode I was saying that, you know, in order to move into next season, we got to trim some stuff up. We need to lose some characters and maybe we need to lose Cecile. And maybe we do, but but I love her. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's crush some pizza, Braza. <laughs> like, like, let's bro. crush some Zabra. <laughs> so excited for this, for this Zabra. <laughs> yeah, that was, Dude, that was pretty, that was pretty ridiculous. Channeling, she did a fantastic job. She channeled the the stoner pizza dude, but then like when she actually channeled Caitlin, and it was like like holy shnikes, man. That was creepy. That was that was, that was creepy. insanely creepy. Yeah, she's like, oh my gosh, this Erlenmeyer flask has like, and you're sitting there like, whoa, whoa. And she's, yeah. she, Joe laughed while Joe was laughing, and they were doing it the same way. It was yeah. <laughs> the Joe laugh was great. The Joe laugh really was. Dude, all right. So Cecile, of course, the super pregnancy is, has been this really interesting challenge for for her this season, and has provided a lot of very helpful hijinks. Uh, you know, and, and maybe perhaps not so helpful after all. You know, the 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 um, uh, the thinking cap that Harry developed for her ended up obviously backfiring on him. But her ability to connect with people on a mental level has really kind of opened up some doors, and we see that happening in a number of ways. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I love that. You know, we are getting close to the pregnancy. Joe's panicking. He's, he's looking for his katana because of course <laughs> he, off screen. He's amazing with a katana. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wally late, even though he's both a speedster and on a time machine. So he literally has no excuse. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Do we know is Wally coming next episode? Do we know that? Uh, I don't know. I hadn't seen anything. Like I, I, I kind of have avoided, uh, you know, any sort of potential spoilers See, for the season too. finale. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like he, he really, I mean, I get it. You know, obviously Joe's complaining about, you know, he's on time machine, time machine. He has no excuse except for the fact that if he's on a time machine, he's not connected to the current timeline, which means he's not getting the text messages. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, there is that. So like, you know, as soon as he pops back into 2017, he's gonna have a lot of missed calls and text messages and Joe's gonna be really pissed. But, yeah, um, but I would argue that he gets those, then jumps on the wave rider. It's still back. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm here. I got your text messages three months from now. But yeah, I, I made it. I'm, I'm, I'm all, all. Yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Absolutely. Um, really, really excited for it. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I freaking love Cecile, man. Like I know that it, it's it's tough because when it comes to the Flash, you know, and you look at kind of the ancillary characters, she is kind of on the on the perimeter. She's not as close to kind of our, our focal character and kind of the focal plot lines, but a fantastic actress and man, what, what a great way to utilize her talent this episode and, and uh, uh, through, through living the lives of all these other people. Now, speaking of the flash and our title character, it struck me this episode as he's kind of wandering around star labs. Barry Allen has changed by this point in his life 
rather than who he was in season one. Season four, Barry Allen feels a lot like the founder of a startup that is kind of past its startup phase, but not quite yet corporate. And so he's just kind of wandering around while everybody's telling him about all the projects they're working on. <laughs> like, like, is that a fair compare? Like it just, I don't know what it was about this particular one. I, I think it was like the fact that Cisco and, uh, and Caitlin were like literally pitching him this kind of flash time idea. And he's just kind of sitting there like laid back, like, all right, well, whatever, you know, like he, he's, he's, you know, not to bash Barry here, but like, he just, he just all of a sudden felt very much like this, like startup culture, you know, but, uh, but obviously with a team that's, that's creating, con- you know, creating, uh, you know, products or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's out of line, but what do you think about that? Well, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's like Barry is the CEO guy and, you know, maybe his original ideas aren't really working. And then his, uh, uh, you know, higher ups are, are trying to pivot and he's like, I don't want to pivot. <laughs> I want to do this. And like, but if we pivot, we can, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we can, we can do some cool stuff. And he's just like, oh, all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I got that vibe from him. And at the same time, you know, we did actually get to see a bit of a role reversal for for Barry, which I really very much appreciate about this episode. Is that instead of everybody training him or pushing him, it's his opportunity to train somebody else. You know, we we got that a little bit this season with Ralph, although it was always you know it, whether or not it worked is as I guess personal opinion. Here it was great because we actually had Cisco and Caitlin, two people who have been responsible for the training of Barry Allen, actually being trained by him, and uh, and so it was kind of fun to see that role reversal in their in their dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was interesting. Uh, kind of didn't see that one coming, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, Caitlin, even though Killer Frost is still benched for some to, to some extent, she is utilizing uh, Captain Cold's gun. Uh, she had some new glasses, new goggles this episode. They were red. Um, they, they mentioned Frostbite as the name of the uh, little uh, little web shooter, Frost shooters <laughs> that she had. Yeah. Do you think that she might be like, do you think Frostbite might be her new hero alias? No, no, they're going to stick with Killer Frost for sure. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Well, I just, it, it just seemed like, oh, okay, Frostbite. That, that actually does sound like a, a pretty pretty good heroic name or a heroic version of killer frost. Now there actually is a frostbite from DC comics. Um, but I mean, it, that is in no way associated with killer frost, but they could take that name and, and kind of twist it from that standpoint if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, to. for sure. All right. So, uh, of course we do get the, the training montage of vibe. It's interesting actually seeing him deal with, flash time because as he talks about he has to be fluid he has to be in motion which is a reference directly to the vibe of the comics that he has you know kind of like you know he's vibrating is a very kind of core part of who uh, how his power set works now they haven't really leaned into that on the show but you know the fact that he has to be so slow yeah of course it's going to be so difficult for him to open up some uh, some breaches Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, yeah, I thought that was a really nice nod to the comics and uh, that was going to be an interesting, you know, situation for them to have to solve. Uh, I also thought it was really cool how they, you know, they, they finally, after four seasons have talked about the speed force being an aura and that aura protecting him from friction and other things like that, which kind of is, is, is almost a retcon uh, because, you know, originally they, uh, you know, Cisco designed the suit to protect him from, uh, from friction mm. and, and things like that. But now it's like, you know, with, with the speeds that he's hitting, I, I guess it's, it's, uh, 
they were just like, yeah, whatever. We'll just say it's a speed force now. <laughs> well, I mean, like, to be fair, Cisco designed that before he even knew what the speed force was. Like, we didn't really even get into, you know, the, the concept of the speed force from either a scientific or a spiritual level until much later on in the series. That That's true. And, and, and perhaps his thought was he's running fast. He'll need something to protect him from, uh, you know, friction and things like that. So when in actuality, Cisco might have thought it was the suit that was protecting him. It was actually the... Uh, 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 speed force. Yeah, no, that, that's that's kind of where my mindset is. You know, we talked about the idea of like the speed force being borrowed, uh, and perhaps are you know like accepting somebody else or accepting a, a relative of the Flash, or even just kind of accepting somebody who's not necessarily the Flash. We didn't see that happening here, but of course they're not necessarily related. Uh, like literally, they're not biologically related to Barry. So I'm still standing by that. I don't necessarily see this kind of sharing of. Uh, speed force. I mean, we're just, it's, it's the same way that we actually saw him pull people into, to, you know, flash time before. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I thought it was. It's just, it's all Barry. It's not him giving abilities to other people. It, it's him wrapping them within his speed force aura. It's yeah. yeah. It, it's not like they're, they're uh, gaining any temporary stuff. It's just, they're inside his bubble. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I loved, by the way, the uh, the little mini breach, the baby breach. Yeah, uh, little Cisco baby breaches. Says. Yeah, he's waxing poetic about this little uh, seed, seed breach. What, what do you call it? A breachling? Was breachling, it? Yeah, <laughs> the breachling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved that man. That was that was great. Well, so, um, so here's my question though. They, they, so, uh, Caitlin was there because they needed the ice to solve a friction problem or something. Well, okay. So, <laughs> here's the thing with that. Um, Caitlin was there more for Caitlin than she was for the actual mission. It's kind of how I got it. Yeah. It seemed like that was kind of like a thing. Cause I mean, th- Cause never... the the day, even, even if the ice was required, Cisco could open the breach and shoot the gun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like she actually has that superpower per se. Well, and they've never had to go through a breach on a block of ice ever before in the show. That's true. Um, that, that is true. I, you know, and, and I'm sure they, they more clearly specifically said why, why it was necessary, but, but here's the thing when it, when it all comes down to it, it it's, it's a forced, uh, whatever the, the hashtag, you know, uh, OMG science reason for the ice, uh, being part of this solution, when it comes down to it, it's from a story standpoint, it's more about Caitlin. And, and you know what, even, even from like a relational standpoint, it's more about Caitlin because as we've seen with Harry, just because Harry has lost his quote power of his mind, the team is still keeping him around and finding ways to, to utilize him in what they're doing. Same thing with Caitlin, even though she cannot generate the, the frost, uh, she doesn't necessarily have the ability to, to, you know, wield that cold power. Uh, so far as we know at the moment, uh, they, they still want to utilize her and, and, and utilize her in the field because she's now become kind of accustomed to that inner killer frost uh, persona. And on top of that, from a story standpoint, it allowed us the ability to kind of see what's going on and in the inner workings of Caitlin. Now, of course we did get a return of the psychologist at the beginning of this <laughs> episode meeting with Caitlin. I loved the the joke about, you know, for you and your friends, I pay by the quarter hour as opposed to the hour. Yeah. Right. Um, can I just say like, I think we've mentioned this before. Could she be Eobard? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like the, the you know that we had the whole thing like oh I wonder what face I'll be wearing next time. Like with were Barry and Iris meeting with her? They they were meeting with her before the wedding. 
Um, yeah, they were because it was like pre-wedding well, but, stuff. But the, I mean, still, when you're talking about time travel, all that all that you know stuff's thrown out the window. Yeah, but he was on another. He was on Earth X at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it would be possible. But but man, wouldn't that be incredible to have like this like pseudo joke character as someone actually be his like greatest joke villain? She's, she's been great. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's been great for like like you know funny moments and and to kind of punctuate a lot of a lot of hilarity. But she's also been there for some very serious moments, like the you know the loss of Dibney and helping Barry work through that. And even with Caitlin, as she's kind of pushing towards, you know, what might be buried in her past. Uh, you know, these these are kind of deeper, darker moments as well. And so to have her actually secretly be, you know, this grand supervillain <laughs> size would be this amazing. It'd be it'd be Wells all over again, right? Like it'd oh, be yeah. Eobard putting on the face of a trusted person who's coming into like the most intimate moments of these characters' lives, and uh, and then you know when when the mask is revealed, it's like to die to you again, guys. <laughs> you know, I just I, I could see that totally happening. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty neat. Cisco finally getting a chance to speak his piece with Barry. Oh. Mwah. I mean, like that was that was one of the best scenes. Of yeah, the that scene. was really, really good. Uh, well acted oh, so uh, and, you know, well deserved as far as the characters are concerned. Barry's had kind of like, like he's he's so supercharged since the beginning of the season and yet so backseated and also trying to like micromanage everybody. And at the same time, it was, it was good for Cisco to just kind of like let him have it and then also remind him like, hey. Yeah, you, you can't blame yourself for this. Like, literally, I created this problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like I, I like I get it. We're Team Flash. We're not Team Vibe. But at the end of the day, like you know, you, you need to recognize that like we're all here. We are the Flash, and maybe that's going to play into next episode. Ha 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 ha. But of course, Caitlin is we're trying to work through what's going on with with Killer Frost, and due to what happens uh, during the uh, you know the prison break, um, you know, which you know while while successful at at you know we got we got to make mention of this course while successful at. Uh, freeing the hostages, uh, they were unable to actually stop the enlightening because while Barry did, you know, throw down one of the uh, one of the satellites, they ended up using a Star Lab satellites or, or DeVos specifically, and uh, and did initiate the enlightening. So the enlightening is happening. We'll be going into next episode with a world that is starting to literally lose its mind. Uh, it should make for a really really interesting finale. But man, that's not what I want to talk about at the moment. Because what I want to talk about is our girl Caitlin, because she's been going through some stuff. We've we've had, you know, the, this kind of question of who is Killer Frost? Is it this alternate personality? Is it, you know, uh, is she lost now because the dark matter that was in her system that came specifically from the particle accelerator is no longer there? And in this episode, we get a lot of repressed stuff going on with her. She talks, you know, she talks about having a great relationship with her dad. We know she didn't have a great relationship with her mom. Yeah. We see this incident in this flashback and uh, specifically thanks to the, uh, the vibing of her man. What's going on with Caitlin? That's going to bring us into this week's speedster speculation. Killer Frost went meta before the particle accelerator? They have Bell. opened a can of worms. Dang, son! Yeah. What's going on with our girl? Uh yeah, like this is this is cuz so I you know the the I guess the explanation was previously is that the uh particle accelerator uh activated latent metagenes in the people uh in and around the particle accelerator when it exploded, but apparently Caitlin had had there, there, there's. It looks like they're introducing the concept of just regular metahumans and not particle mm-hmm. accelerator induced 
metahuman gene expression, you know? Okay, so that's interesting because, I, I, you know, <laughs> there's so many different explanations they could go with that. Uh, let, okay. So, you know, obviously this is the Flash. The first thing that, that pops into my mind is time travel. I mean, like, that's that's on the table. That's part of this universe. It's part of the Flash. Um, you know, most of the criticism, I, I would argue that, that a lot of the criticism around the season is that by getting away from time travel, they actually got away from part of what makes the, the Flash special. Uh, there's other criticisms that can be laid on it. And, and maybe that's not even a fair criticism and maybe none of the criticism is fair, but I, I do, I, you know, I, I do enjoy the flash uh, in large part because of the t- time travel aspect of it. Um, that's just me personally. But so that's where my mind goes when I think of, Oh, this happened before the particle accelerator, but bell, correct me if I'm wrong on legends of tomorrow, which is in universe. They visited a couple of decades in the past and found an entire team of superheroes like like the justice society is is that correct yeah they had uh i wanted to call him papa midnight it's not papa midnight it's um doctor doctor midnight uh minute man uh and well so i i i'm ooh, what's the girl's name uh not vixen obviously but um because Vixen has a totem, the other chick had the staff thing, but uh, Doctor Midnight had this pretty. I mean, I, I I don't I don't recall them explaining exactly where his power set came from. Everybody else, I could guess you could say, okay, well you got you know Minute Man's got the pills, uh, the chick has a staff, mm. and obviously Vixen has her totem. Uh, but Doctor Midnight seemed like he was a straight up metahuman. So wait, wasn't the metal dude? Was the metal guy not... Um, oh, Commander Steel... Uh, he's modern. Yeah, Commander Steel was Nate, and that was like meta... Well, that was Nazi uh, Nazi meddling-induced. They had like the super serum or whatever that they gave him. So, yeah, it, his <laughs> grandfather, who was the Commander Steel, wasn't uh, metal-skinned. He was just a, you know, cool, awesome soldier guy. Interesting. All right, so so there's this concept, for, for those that may not be familiar... There's this concept in the comics of like the quote metagene. And this is the idea that anybody, like every single human on earth uh, in the DC universe has the ability to manifest powers. There is this metagene that is latent, it's dormant, but it can be activated by any number of means. Uh, You know, it could be exposure to some chemical, it could be. Um, you know, shoot, what is being struck by lightning? You know, like there's, there's a lot of ways that, that, that this can kind of manifest and it, it's kind of a nice way. They open themselves up to be able to, you know, tell various stories with that and basically generate a hero or a superpowered individual at will if they want to. So that exists, that that's something there. And we, I believe, I mean, go back and double check us on this, but I think even in season one, we talked about the fact that because of the way the particle accelerator was released and because there was almost this cocktail of, you know, dark matter and, uh, you know, uh, portals opening up and, and you know, uh, lightning striking and, and this, that, the other and waves and radiation. Like basically they created this huge tsunami of any explanation you want to give for superpowers kind of hitting the city. Uh, and they could kind of take it in so many different different facets. But honestly, that's just exposing all of these people to something that can activate the metagene inside them. Like, I believe that Caitlin, like with Vibe, uh, like with many other, I, I mean, I would argue probably almost everybody on, on the planet, they, they have the metagenes in them already. 
it's just the particle accelerator like activated those metagenes for certain individuals. But I don't think the particle accelerator is required to activate the meta, uh, metagenes in others. And I think if they go that route, that actually opens them up for some much more interesting storytelling. And it also allows them to not have to rely on, you know, the big bang of the particle accelerator or, you know, oh, we opened a portal gun on the bus. You know, like they can they can just say like, oh, this person is a meta and, you know, their their metagene, you know, trips because they they hit their head or something like that. I agree. And I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the idea. The problem is that it brings up a lot of questions as in like, well, okay. So up until the particle accelerator explosion, we had not seen a single meta and now we do, uh, you know, as far as in the continuity of the show and in the Arrowverse, there just weren't any. And now there are, and now they're saying, oh, well, there, that, there's, there's going to be a lot of people going, yes, I just remained hidden in the shadows until now because I the thinker was gone and I was a vacuum for me to fill. I'm the new bad guy. Ah, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I don't know. It, it'll, it, it, you know, it, I, it allows for them opportunities to write some uh, some backstories and stuff and, 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 you know, make it creative. But still, it's 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 kind of it's kind of an interesting sort of conundrum they put themselves into with that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a conundrum. I really do. I think it, I think it's actually in a it, it it opened it makes the world a lot more interesting. Yes, and it kind of yeah yeah. I mean, sure, it's 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 great that we're going to be able to have more metas and stuff like that. But but again, it's like where were they beforehand? Why is it just now that they're coming out? And uh, well, I mean, at the same time, I'm, maybe this is going to be the the start of a unique explanation. I mean, like, okay, so. The whole the the whole metagene concept. If that sounds familiar to you know somebody who is a, a fan of say the X Men, that's because it's very reminiscent of kind of the mutant gene. Yeah, 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 yeah like, for sure. Like, in many respects, it's almost like a one for one, except for the idea is that I think the mutant gene, uh, depending on the storyteller, uh, is only in mutants versus in in humans. Um, now again, I think I think certain writers over the X Men would would argue that the mutant gene exists in all of us. It's just a mutants. It's activated, but one way or the other, you can see there's like a direct correlation between the two. Yeah, for sure. But even then, man, like, you know, at, at some point in human evolution, I think the argument is that we, we reached a point in which now those, those genes are starting to activate so that it wouldn't have to necessarily, there always has to be a first, you know, maybe Caitlin is the first meta, maybe killer frost is the literal first meta in this universe. Mm, that's an interesting take. Uh, not quite a hot take, but you know, an interesting take. Uh, <laughs> is it is a pretty cool take? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a pretty cool take. Um, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, the thing is, is like you know, again, we have no no other indications that this is happening to anybody else, and Caitlin's our only one thus far, and so it's mm. it's basically going to be a problem for next uh, next season. Do you think she killed her dad? Yes. Hmm. That's dark. She would have well, no, okay 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 let me let me rephrase she accidentally okay so yeah caitlin did not killer frost did perhaps on accident right the killer frost persona popped out didn't know what was going on accidentally killed her dad and was like oh crap now i killed somebody i'm a bad person and that's why i was going to the bathroom wow. yeah dang that's 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 dark man but it does it does lead up a redemption story right because it's going to be like you, you didn't know what you were doing it was an accident you didn't mean to kill your dad or it could, or, or it could lead to a villain story. I mean, like maybe it's it's kind of pulling into like, you know, this is who I am. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like she could like fall into kind of this abyss of coming to terms with a suppressed memory. It's going to be and really to hard like, to know. sell me on the fact that she's like, I'm a murderer when she accidentally, like, cause it looks like she got into the thing. It was traumatic and she accidentally killed her dad. It's going to be real hard unless they go back to that scene and, and, and she's like, ah, I'm awakened. Die father. You know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard to sell that uh, to, to me that, that she intentionally killed her father. It's going to be. That's how Singfried be- that's how Singfried became nightmare and soul caliber. That's, that's neither. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. So yeah, you're probably right. But I mean like one of the, I don't know if it's criticism, but one of the observations that we've certainly had for the longest time is that quote killer frost has not been a killer. Like, killer in name only. Um, and so to have, if, if they do make it so that by accident, her powers manifested at a young age, killing her dad, she would now be a killer. Um, like you say, not intentionally. Uh, and even the, the killer frost mindset or personality may be separate, uh, and, and, and not necessarily evil. Like maybe she's not, maybe the killer frost, uh, personality didn't intentionally kill her dad. But that would give her the, you know, the big K uh, approval to, to carry around that moniker yeah. just in a very dark way, almost in kind of like a, you know, OG, well, not OG, but like, like Jay Garrick-esque way, the way they kind of corrupted uh, Hunter Zolomon and Jay Garrick's helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, no. My 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 prediction is that there's going to be a uh, uh, an arc of her story where she comes to grips with it, and she's you know it, it's going to end up being like you know uh, the uh, Goodwill Hunting. You know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Not your fault. And then they're gonna <laughs> hug, and then Killer Frost is gonna like accidentally freeze the therapist and kill her, and be like, "I've done it again." <laughs> Yeah, but no. Yeah, I mean, like we 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 do have to be building up to some sort of payoff with this therapist, right? Like, like she's been a great like storytelling tool to some extent, but like, like what, what what's what's going on with her? Like, there there has to be some kind of great. Maybe she's going to be the one to say this house is bitching. Oh yeah, we hadn't finished that yet. Like, when is that going to come around? It's I got- thought for sure, actually, when she was uh, channeling the Zabra guy, I thought that she was going to say. Whoa, this house is bitching. But Barry's not but there. Barry's got to be there, though. Oh, that's a good point. Do you think, uh, you know, do you think that it's going to be um, uh, D- Danielle slash Dawn? Who says it? Uh, the, yeah, the logical part of my brain says yes. The, uh, you know, fantastical, ridiculous part of my brain says Barry's going to summon a tornado, drop a house on uh on DeVoe and DeVoe's going to be like, this house is bitching and then die. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be Eobard. Like, I, 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 you know, I don't know. Whoever comes to steal the baby, that's going to be who says it. I, I, that, that, that'll be my prediction. Oh, right baby's here. getting that's stolen. That's enough. I, yo, I'm, sta- I'm standing by my idea that the baby's getting stolen. Like, I, I, I feel fairly strongly about that. Now, whether or not, you know, the baby is Daniel or Danielle or, you know, whoever, whether or not it's Eobard who's going to steal the baby. I don't know, but I am, I'm leaning into this theory that I've put out there that at the end of the season, uh, we're going to, we're going to end things where Barry defeats DeVoe. And so gets that victory moment, but the, but the baby's going to get, well, yeah, I mean, you got to lead into the next series somehow or season somehow. Exactly. 
And I think I think that's what it's going to end up being. But yeah, so who knows? Maybe it'll be the whoever steals the baby says this house is bitching. Yeah, could be. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but my guess is Dawn, though. Okay. All right. It, it could be. But do I think that Grant, Gustin, and I would make the most adorable Instagram couple? Yes. Yes, we would. Grant Gustin plays the Flash on the CW, if you were wondering, because, you know, most people over 70 probably don't know who he is. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback. Um, actually, first off, why don't you uh, hit us up with that iTunes reviews that we got from... Uh, from yeah, Brandon Dimery writes, uh, Best Flash podcast. Been listening since season one. Always makes my day when I get that notification. Keep up the awesome work, guys. Well, Brandon, we appreciate you. Uh, we're glad to make your day better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. This episode also got a lot of feedback on, on the Twitters. Rossi Campbell saying, I really enjoyed the intro. I'd never expected a quote Netflix Marvel hallway scene on a DC TV show. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're not we're not alone in that observation. Uh, let's see. Christy Mitchell says just says yes. Uh, Imran or, or at Imran on on Twitter says mind blown. The first on Twitter says uh, look looks to me like the best person to fend off Devoe is Cecile. If she can't, in, if she can inhabit his mind and reveal everything he is thinking, that's actually. I, I was, I was actually, you know, I'm kind of mad I didn't mention that in speech speculation, but I was actually kind of thinking that uh, this new power that she has is going to be fundamental to defeating Devoe, um, and Joe's going to be the one to like walk her out of it, right? Uh, she's going to go in there and like tear him down, and then scene. Joe's going to like, you know, Lamaze <laughs> her back, her back to reality. <laughs> Oh, that was brilliant. Uh, Bossman uh, at DFW Big Boss on Twitter says, I'm not as excited going into the final as I have been in past years, but hopefully the final brings it. Uh, Shannon on Twitter also says, I feel like there has been some pretty big opportunities missed with this season in a number of ways. Uh, DeVoe has been a meh villain compared to previous seasons villains, in my opinion, but I'm very big fan of the speedsters, although I have enjoyed the therapy sessions for everyone. Uh, yeah, very, very, very true. Uh, all right, man. So yeah, overall, like this, I have to kind of echo something that's kind of been, uh, said, said from uh, listeners on Twitter, man. Like, yeah, like I don't necessarily have this impending doom feeling or, or excitement going into the season finale that I've had with other seasons. But at the same time, I think my anticipation goes more into how this is going to conclude. We know, you know, we know that Barry's going to win. Like, I guess that's, that's kind of part of the, I guess, quote problem. Like we know that he's going to win, we know that the, the Defoe will be defeated, and that the world is not going to be like you know a bunch of Neanderthals. But what we don't know is how they're setting up what's coming next. We don't know what's going to happen with the baby. We don't know what's going to happen with this future girl. We don't know what's going on with Caitlyn. There's so many different actually like character plot lines that they've been able to lay out throughout the season that I'm really looking forward to. And so I'm, I am looking forward to the season finale. I think it is going to be solid. And I think they've really set themselves up to set themselves up for something exciting in season five. And so while it has been a polarizing season, polarizing, perhaps the word that I was trying to look for earlier, <laughs> I think that we are set up for what could be a really fantastic season finale. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, for me personally, I'm excited looking into next week. Uh, episode titled, of course, 
We are the Flash. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they're going to uh, wind up defeating DeVoe. Are we going to see some sort of like, you know, mental battle kind of thing? Although I feel like it's going to be a clash of powers like we've seen uh, in every other season thus far. <laughs> and uh, it'll be, uh, you know, the, the first thing that popped into my mind when uh, the, the Enlightenment happened was, is like, we're going to have some time travel here, I think. Maybe at the mm-hmm. end, uh, potentially, I don't know. Uh something we'll see but it's it's i i mean i don't know how they're gonna like reverse that you know it's maybe it's something you can do with gideon but uh uh yeah I, I, was, I was maybe there's gonna be some time travel in the season finale so who knows we'll see i'm excited though yeah man it's gonna be a blast uh hey by the way there's a couple things a little housekeeping items we want to kind of let you know you guys know about before we uh before we sign off here uh first off um you know if you have not heard about something that uh is happening on September 1st uh, at, at DragonCon, or actually kind of at the same time as DragonCon, uh, Stark Expo Live is going on. Now, this is actually an uh, event that is happening uh, because of our friends over at Starkville Labs, Starkville House of L, 10th Wonder, Geek Out Loud with Brian Austin Green. Uh, basically, Derek and Steve and everybody connected with them are putting together a pretty amazing event that you're going to want to check out. If you're going to Dragon Con, you, you have to make sure that this is kind of part of that experience. And if you're not, hey, come out to Austin. It's, or come out to Atlanta, rather. It's going to be amazing. Again, that's Saturday, September 1st, 2018. And I can finally officially announce that I, too, will be Oh, there. snap. Uh, Bell, Bell, Bell will not, I don't guess. Are you? Uh, when was it again? That's September 1st. Yeah, see, I'm leaving at the end of September uh, to go to Oktoberfest. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have to see on... How much? So Bell's a baby. So Bell's a baby. So Bell's a baby, but I will definitely be there uh, joining my uh, my brothers in pod, my pod brothers, if you will, uh, for I think, uh, as I understand it, at the uh, as part of this, we're going to have kind of this massive, huge table of, of podcasters, uh, a panel of the likes of which had never been seen. And so I'm, I'm glad to add my voice and, uh, and, and be kind of part of that amazing experience. Brian Austin Green, uh, TV's Brian Austin Green will be there uh, as well as from the podcast with Brian Austin Green. Uh, also, uh, yeah, and Derek and Steve, like I said, big ups to those guys because they have been an inspiration for many podcasters, uh, not just us, uh, many folks that have lent their voice to this particular media. Um, yeah, we, we, we have looked to those guys as kind of uh, leaders and, and the podfathers of, of DC TV talking and just kind of TV talking in general. So, um, so you're going to want to check that out. Starkvillelabs.com slash expo is where you can find all the information for that event and, uh, shouts out to those guys. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, join us there Saturday, September 1st, 2018. Love to have you. Also, you can, uh, keep up with us throughout the uh, week as we get ready for the big grand finale of season four. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk, as well as our personal accounts. I'm at the Real Bo York, and Bell is at Ring That Bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our awesome outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. 
Also, you want to be a fan of DCTV podcasting? Yes, you do. Check out the DCTV Talk podcast network. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, they got TV Talk in the name. They are likely connected with us. So be sure to uh, give everybody out there a shout out uh, to their show, Supergirl TV Talk. You got Legends TV Talk. You got uh, iZombie Podcast, which doesn't have TV Talk in it, but you know, they, they'd be talking iZombie, so you got to check them out as well. Starkville Labs, Starkville House of L. Uh, shouts out to the fam. It's uh, some great stuff going. Even beyond DC TV, we got man, we got we got freaking uh, 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 Tolkien TV talk out there. We've got this new Star Wars TV talk. What? Yes, that's coming. Like, Why am I not things. on Star Wars TV talk? You want to be on Star Wars TV talk? I know more about Star Wars than anyone else in the world. That's not true. I can make but... a phone call. I can make a phone call. We could probably make that happen. I mean, I'm anyway, just I don't know. I mean, yeah. Point being, there's amazing things going on in the TV talking community, and you're gonna want to check them out. Uh, but beyond that, man, we are just one week away from the grand finale. Oh my gosh. Are you ready, Bell? Season four is coming to a close. Ralph Dibney is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, just, I just say that from time to time to get myself hyped up. Oh, I said it. Look, it's going to be a blast, guys. We'll see you next week. And until then, we'll be back in a flash. Yeah.